Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. This Monday edition of the Lombardi Line presented by DraftKings alongside three-time Super Bowl winning executive and strategist Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bond and Tony with you. I'm out here live broadcasting from Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Michael out at his office back at home in Jersey. Excited to continue to break down all things Week 12 of the National Football League. It was an exciting week as well. Um, And unfortunately, Michael... That also means we have a, another head coach that has lost his job in the mid-se- mid-season. We talked about this a lot in hour one. So for anybody who is now just joining us on DraftKings Network, we have a full breakdown that'll be available in podcast form shortly. But Michael, real quickly off the top here, your instant reaction when you saw the news that Frank Reich was done in Carolina. You know, not surprised at all. And, and look, you hate anyone losing their job. You really do. And, and in a profession where, as the great Hyman Roth said, this is the business we've chosen. We've expected it. We know it. But it's still not good, right? However, that being said, this was going to happen. It, it should have happened this summer. It was bad. It was bad. I mean, when you go back to the Rams and Don Klosterman was the general manager of the Rams and George Allen was the coach and Carl Rosenblum just knew that the George Allen era was going to be, they fired him in preseason and put Ray Malavasi as the coach. Like you could tell this summer it wasn't good. It wasn't good. And unfortunately, it never got better. It never got better. And he's got a lot invested in this. He's got a lot invested in this team. And he hired Frank with a specific mission to make the quarterback play really well, to make the offense function at a high level. Where he thought Frank could do that, I don't know. But Frank had a reputation of being a quarterback guru. But what I really think happened, Stormy, is I think Frank has post-traumatic syndrome based on Carson Wentz. I think he got the Carson Wentz thing was just took everything out of him. You know, it just took everything that he had in his body. It took it right out of him. And unfortunately, you know, that's that that's what happens. And he just never got it back. I think Elliot, our producer, who's a Colt fan, saw it last year. The Colts were poorly coached last year. And the Panthers were poorly coached this year for a team that you and I both felt like, hey, if they could build off of what they did last year, they're going to be really good. Meanwhile, the team that did that were the Texans. Yes. And and I keep looking back at the end of last season and the way that guys were playing as hard as they were for Steve Wilkes. I think that he probably would have been a natural transition to give him an opportunity. Obviously he goes on and is now the defensive coordinator with the San Francisco 49ers. So I'm not mad about it, but it has been a disaster in Carolina since. And you mentioned it with Frank Reich, obviously a former quarterback himself as well. And what they invested to put around Bryce Young to make that offense click at a high level, bringing in Josh McCown, Jim Caldwell, Thomas Brown from the Rams, and it just has not worked. Um, So we'll see if they're able to maybe get that initial pop this coming week. They're a six-point underdog in Tampa, taking on the Buccaneers this week. 
maybe there can be a little bit of life shown, but it has been a rough season and they are the worst in the NFL at one in 10. But there were some bright spots yesterday, some fun, exciting finishes and games uh, to close out the Sunday NFL slate. Was there a team that you were most impressed by what you saw yesterday? Well, I think Denver. I think Denver was impressive, not because I think Cleveland's this incredibly formidable opponent, but the way they moved the football on a very good Cleveland defense, the way that they knew they were going to have to run the ball, the way they limited Russell Wilson from making that mistake, only calling 22 passes, you know, making Russell run it. I think Russell had 11 carries in the game, you know. So I, I thought that was really kind of impressive. I thought the Chiefs, spotting the Raiders 14 and saying, okay, enough of this business. We're going to get back on track here. I thought that was good. I'm not saying they're back, but Rasheed Rice looks like he could be the guy that starts to build some momentum as we move forward uh, with their offense. Their defense started very slowly. And, you know, I think that that was just, I think they probably took the game a little too lightly. How about the Rams yesterday? I mean, the Rams, when, when Sean McVay can run the football, they're a different team, completely different team. And then I know the Steelers made the change, and everybody says it's because of the change. I said this on the show yesterday. The, the Bengals are not good on defense. The Bengals are not a good defense. And they've been fortunate because they've been taking advantage of interceptions. They had 12. But for the most part, when the Steelers can run the ball, they're going to – be look like they're a better offense. They dropped the touchdown pass. I thought it was a touchdown to Deontay Johnson. They ruled it an incomplete. I don't know what a completion is anymore. Who knows? <laughs> but, but I thought they were better. The Steelers, a season-high 421 total yards. And a yes, as you referenced, their first game without offensive coordinator Matt Canada. The last time Pittsburgh had over 400 yards of offense, Michael, December of 2018, it has been 59 games to the point where Antonio Brown was catching passes from Ben Roethlisberger. That's how long it's been out there. Um, you also referenced the, uh, the the Chiefs being the Raiders. What I thought was most impressive about that, Michael, was that especially given the, the second-half issues that they have had, and it was three straight games where they're getting shut out, that they go down 14 nothing, And then it was no questions asked. We outscore them, what is it, 31-3 to three the rest of the way. And Rasheed Rice, who you referenced, eight catches on 10 targets, 107 yards and a touchdown. Great compliment to Travis Kelsey. Could the rookie from SMU be the guy? I hope so, because they need somebody to step up. And I think that would be fun and get this – Chiefs offense back on track that's been off all year and I think this is the point in the season where if you're gonna make that push and show what you're really made of that that's when you need to make the turn and find your guy yeah you know you just don't know in the AFC right Phillips injury so I wide open Miami it's so wide open right to a I know you're still holding on to your MVP ticket because it's probably oh, going to cash to a MVP no don't I mean what's his odds today I'm sure they're still 500 to one what are they Hold on, I'll pull it up. I'll pull it up. Oh, good, good. You go look that up. I mean, what? Who is Jacksonville? I mean, they eight to struggled one. to win eight, eight to one. Eight to one, fourth on the board. You got Jalen Hurts plus one twenty-five, Mahomes plus three fifty, Lamar four to one, and then Tua. Yeah, I right mean, there. and poor Brock Purdy, seventeen to one. He can't catch a break. <laughs> I mean, meanwhile, Tyreek Hill's forty-five to one. Christian I mean, McCaffrey's taking our guy Brock's shine, though. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, because Christian's doing all the heavy lifting there, right? Okay. It, this is such a comedy. It's such a comedy. Anyway, I mean, after that, they were talking about him being the MVP. I mean, after that game, you're so worried. You, you have to be worried about Miami. I know they scored 34 against, against the Jets, but 14 of them came from their defense. I mean, think about that, right? So I don't know who's the best team in the AFC. I really don't. And you know what's going to happen is one of those teams that are in that fourth, that fifth, sixth seed – that are going to be a six or seven point dog going to play somebody good is probably going to do an upset. Well, nobody was betting dogs this week and it paid off for them, Michael, because yeah. 12 of the 15 favorites this week ended up covering. There has never been 13. The Minnesota Vikings have an opportunity to make NFL betting history today if they can win and cover as a three-point favorite taken on the Chicago Bears tonight. Total in this one has ticked down. We talked to Thomas Gable earlier in the show from around 45, 45 and a half to now 43 and a half. Two teams looking to bounce back from tough losses last week. The Bears had that two-score fourth-quarter lead against the Lions, if you recall, end up losing Minnesota. 
Minnesota led every step of the way against the Broncos until they didn't a 21 20 loss in Denver last Sunday. So do the Vikings make NFL betting history tonight, Michael? Can they cover the three? Well, in Chicago, in Chicago, this the Bears played the Vikings with Kirk Cousins, with Kirk Cousins. It was the worst offensive output by the Vikings all season. They gained 220 total yards. They only had 46 on the ground and 174 in the air, and they turned it over. And they were fortunate to win because, remember, Fields gets hurt and Badgett comes in. So, And Chicago's healthier now than they were back in October. So I think it's a game. And one thing we do know about Chicago, I mean, we kind of feel like they play good on, on the night games. I mean, think about it. They went into New England on a Monday night when nobody, when Bailey Zappi was the starter and they, and they rocketed that one. Thursday night against Washington, they destroyed that one. I don't know. I, I think, look, I, I don't love the Bears. They're not, they're not a great team. But there's moments where they rise above. And they're going into the bye week, this could be a great motivating factor. They played Detroit as well as you could play Detroit last week. And Detroit is better than Minnesota. So I am on the Vikings tonight. I did lay the three. Talk about quarterback likability, Michael. Josh Dobbs yeah. has it in there spades. It in spades. There it is. Um, I, I think that Minnesota is still a little bit underrated here. They did win five games in a row prior to the one point loss against the Broncos last week. I feel like their defense and what they've been able to do with Brian Flores will play better and give Justin Fields some problems. At least I hope that's the case. I, the not having Justin Jefferson hurts, and I understand why the team is doing it. Tom Pelissero reporting that there's no need to rush him when you do have the bye this coming week. So he'll be 100% to go when they come out of the bye against the Raiders. Um, so that hurts. But I just, I don't know. I get this gut feeling that Minnesota should be able to cover this number. I, I, and I agree, because remember, the last time they played, most of the yardage that they gained against Minnesota was on the ground by Fields running around. They had 162 yards on the ground. I think Fields had 80 of it when he took off and ran. They were running the football. So, yes, I do. I do. Brian, I think, has done a great job. Brian has been very, very judicious in terms of confusing the quarterback pre-snap and then post-snap. And so he brings pressure. He backs off. This will be a really good challenge for them. They're playing at home. They should play well. But look, let's face it. You've got to keep Dobbs in. Dobbs' legs are what's killing teams. His movement, his running ability for the Vikings has been exceptional. He's been able to generate offense with his legs, and that's something that we're not, we haven't seen in a long time. I mean, you know, he's got, what's he have, 22 carries already this year for them? Yeah, he's he's been great. And despite all that he's had to overcome playing on three different teams in three and a half months and learning playbooks, being tough, being put in tough situations, he's been great. Also, I mentioned the under 22 and three to the under on the Sunday and Monday night primetime games. We got to take a break. Some people need a talking to, though. They're going to step in the office of Michael Lombardi next. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. If you haven't become a VEASAN Pro subscriber yet, we're giving you one last chance to sign up on our best offer of the year. Sign up for our Black Friday special today and get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through May 1st, only 60 bucks. That includes daily best bets, unlimited access to our exclusive betting splits, premium analysis, and 24-7 video, plus all our betting guides and best bets for the upcoming college bowl season, the Super Bowl, as well as March Madness. This offer does expire in just a couple days. November 30th is the deadline. Start betting smart today visit vsin.com slash subscribe to sign up for the black friday special that's vsin.com slash subscribe the appointments are lined up you waiting for somebody in there got an appointment and it's not about what you want to hear but what you need to hear it's not personal it's strictly business time you and me at a private talk where step into my office and step into my office with michael lombardi mr lombardi we'll see you now What would a step into my office be without needing to address something about the New York Jets? So Woody Johnson is stepping into the office today, Michael, after Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles that opening series of week one. Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle have combined for seven passing touchdowns and 10 interceptions. They have four straight games where they have um, that they have lost by a combined 72 points. Now the question is, as Woody Johnson steps in, does Sala and Douglas get a mulligan for this Aaron Rodgers list season? Or is it time this offseason to have a complete leadership reset? How do you think that this should be played out? Well, Mr. Johnson, I think you've got a tough decision on your hands because it's easy to say, let's just bring it all back. This was just an anomaly. The guy got hurt. We would have won the Super Bowl. Because remember, you didn't really have to practice this offseason because your head coach, Robert Sala, said you had it all under control. So are you going to run it back? Let's say you run it back. And let's say it's not as good as everybody thinks it is. Let's say you don't win a Super Bowl. Let's say you're 10 and 7 and you lose the wild card round. Where are you going then? What are you doing then? Where are we headed? What do you what's in store for your team? I think that's the biggest concern you have to have. And so for me, you've got to make a short and long term. Are you sure you have the right coach? Let me just say this to you. When when Robert Sala sent out Tim Boyle at the end of the half to throw the Hail Mary pass, and it was intercepted for a touchdown, unheard of in the annals of, of American football, I looked at my phone. And you say, why would you look at your phone? Well, I looked at my phone because I thought Al Davis was going to call me. Why would Al Davis call you? He's been dead for almost 10 years. Well, because he would have said to me when that play happened, did he practice the Hail Mary this week? Because I missed it. And I would have answered, Mr. Davis, no, we never practiced the Hail Mary with Tim Boyle throwing the ball. <laughs> then he would have said to me, did he, the head coach, know that Tim Boyle couldn't throw it into the end zone? My answer would have been, I doubt he knew that, Mr. Davis. The phone would have clicked and Robert Sala would have been fired immediately after that, not even come out at halftime. So you've got to make that decision. Are you sure you have the right guy for the job? Are you sure? Now, he does a wonderful Colgate commercial, and his teeth are clean. But are you sure two years from now he, you want him to be your head coach? Because if that's the case, 
then you become a prisoner to Aaron Rodgers like everybody else. Quote of the year after that unbelievable play. That was unfortunate. Was it, Robert Sala? Was it? Well done. Um, Let's go to a little college football here, Michael, because Ryan Day and Ohio State lost their third straight in the rivalry series, the game with Michigan. 30 to 24, they fall. And this time it's with an interim head coach, Jerome Moore, and Jim Harbaugh sidelined for that final game of his suspension. As a head coach at Ohio State, Ryan Day has a 39 and 3 record against Big Ten opponents, but he is 1 and 3 in the game. Uh, Day admitted after the game he felt sick. They came up short what does he need to hear after another disappointing finish to the season well keep doing what you're doing ryan you get to the final four every time this way you you play one less game i mean why not just keep doing what you're doing i mean you did it last year it worked it probably worked for this year how are they going to keep you out of it with one loss there's no way they're going to keep you out of it here's the issue though you know here is the issue that 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 guy down in orlando florida that you said was was criticizing your team's right I mean, anytime you can't get the ball back with seven minutes to go in the game, you know, that tells you something about your team. Are you sure you're good enough? Are you sure you can stop the run when you know the other team's going to run the ball? I think that's a big question. And I don't think you can do that. So my sense of this is, is you've got to be able to rebuild your team with a little bit more toughness and a little bit more of the ability to take over the game instead of having them take over the game. But right now, you're going to get lured in the same trap you got lured in last year because you're going to make it to the Final Four because you're going to watch the tournament. Iowa's going to lose by 35. Michigan's going to go. Washington probably loses to Oregon. You know, does Florida State win? I don't know. Will they let Florida State in even if they have one loss? You'll probably get in. What do you think, Stormy? I'm, I am still on the fence about whether or not I want mayhem coming up like do I want Alabama to upset Georgia and see what the committee has to do there's like there's a lot of other elements here uh I don't I don't I mean Ohio State still obviously has a huge chance I just I don't know if if chaos ensues how things could play out let's go back to the NFL here Michael because the Lions lost in stunning fashion on Thursday for Thanksgiving everybody and their mom and survivor was on this Detroit team and instead it is another game that they come up short and now have lost their sixth straight on Thanksgiving the last two games for Jared Goff Michael he's been a turnover machine three interceptions and three fumbles if Jared Goff steps into the office what does he need to do to get this team back on track and return Detroit to contention in the NFC Look, the thing is, you just got to keep reminding your offensive line you need protection. Don't play outside your comfort zone. Make sure you don't do you've, you've done a great job most of your career of not turning this ball over. You need to stop thinking you're in the MVP race and start believing you just want to win games. Just manage the game. Don't play outside your comfort zone. Just manage the game and handle the game the way you want to handle it and don't turn the ball over. Hunting's not a bad play, but you're going to have to rely on the run. You're going to have to rely on the play-action pass. And your offensive line, which typically plays really well on Thanksgiving Day, did not play very good. And I think that's the biggest concern. So you got to get them. you got to do whatever you can do to get them to play better. Another week where the Chargers chargered. Justin Herbert's coming into the office. He sits down at the desk, Michael, after only putting up 10 points this past week. He also tacked on an interception and a key fourth quarter fumble. What does Herbert need to improve on to reach his full potential in L.A.? I know they thought when Kellen Moore came over that uh, when Kellen Moore came over that everything would change. Yeah, I mean, look, at some point you're going to have to go in there and say we need to be more physical because we can't control the line of scrimmage when it matters the most. I mean, we're lucky we didn't get called for an intentional grounding late in the game yet yesterday like we did against the Miami Dolphins. I mean, it was almost deja vu all over again. So I, I think there's a problem with the offense, and we can't rely on just one player or two players. I mean, the reality of it is is we've got to be able to play left-handed, and they're making us play left-handed or taking Keenan Allen away, and we have no power in our run game. I've been saying this to you for two years. There's just not enough physicality to the team to be able to go in there and take the game over when you need to and play. Sometimes you become a hindrance to the team because you're so good, it's so easy for you to throw the ball that you get away from doing the things you need to do. 
a couple real whiffs on some of those sideline passes. I was very confused. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously we know how talented this team is on paper. It's unfortunate they haven't been able to do what we feel like they're capable of. Back to college football, a team nowhere near the CFP conversation, but would like to get back in it down the line one day with Hugh Freeze as their head coach. In his first season at Auburn, they go six and six, far below expectations that alumni obviously has for the program. And all would have been forgiven had they pulled off the win against the Tide at Jordan-Hare Stadium in the Iron Bowl. But instead, uh, the leading four by four points with 32 seconds left, Alabama scores a miraculous touchdown in the back of the end zone. Does Freeze deserve blame for the end of the Iron Bowl? And can he return Auburn to glory? What are you saying to him? I would say to him, look, I, I think it's we all make mistakes. And certainly, you know, everybody wants to blame somebody for a play that gone bad. I think situationally, you can go over this with your team and with your staff. Tackle, if you're any doubt that the ball is going to get completed, just tackle the receiver. In college football, it's a 15-yard penalty. They would have had another chance at it, but you've got to be able to make sure they don't score on that play. So tackle the receiver. Do whatever you have to do to make sure that the throw doesn't get completed and learn from it and make sure you understand, as Nick Saban said after the game, you know, they go over that situation. You got to ask yourself the honest question. Have you gone over that situation? Because you probably haven't. Michael, you know how we talk about all the time, like never celebrate too early, whether it's a game, a bet, anything. There's a video that went viral of a Auburn fan girl videoing herself ready to get the celebration of when they won the Iron Bowl and upset Alabama. And that excitement turned to, oh my God, what the hell just happened so fast. Yeah. And that's why you don't celebrate too early. Never get ahead of yourself. Yep. Never get ahead of your skates. All right. We got to step aside here on the Lombardi line, but so much more to get to still. Our own Mike Pritchard will join us coming up next to break down all things week 12. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. With the lowest prices for over 30 years, you'll always find what you love and love what you find only at Total Wine and More. Please drink responsibly. Must be 21 or older. Welcome back to the Lombardi Line alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bonantoni with you. And time to welcome in a great friend of the show, our lead NFL analyst here at VEASAN, Mike Pritchard, former NFL wide receiver as well. And Mike, a big theme of our show today and same thing with Michael and Femi on the GM shuffle today was was quarterback likability. And I feel like there's no better person to talk to than somebody who is a former wide receiver, had those intimate relationships with quarterbacks. There are obvious names like the Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and Brock Purdy that are that are likable and they're having success and it's helped lead to team success versus a Zach Wilson or a Mac Jones or the list goes on and on. How did that feel for you in your career? Like were there quarterbacks that really did make a difference the way that they led in the locker room and the way that they were as people absolutely absolutely the quarterback is everything i mean uh, we we talk about dependable positions sometimes but if you think about it the quarterback position is the most dependable position uh because you need the center you know you need the offensive line you need your running backs you need your wide receiver everybody on the same page uh, so as a quarterback, uh, understanding that and, and forging relationships is vital. Uh, franchise quarterbacks, they know how to do that. I mean, they understand, Stormy, that they are the glue that holds everything together when, when it comes to ego or when it comes to lack of confidence or, or you know, confidence itself, trust, uh, and then ultimately execution. Uh, because we're all trying to accomplish the same thing. We're all trying to win games. We're all trying to uh, make sure our performances uh, are above par. And, uh, and certainly as a coach, you have frustrations and in and, and certain situations that could, could really uh, undermine that. And certainly as a player, you might not have the results either. So the quarterback from a relationship standpoint uh, really is that bridge or that beacon that, that can hold it all together. So franchise quarterbacks, they understand that the guys that are searching on how to do that, they're not quite there. And, and therefore they're, they're not qualified as franchise quarterbacks in my mind. Yeah, Mike, can you, I mean, I feel like I, when I'm watching the games, I can see the body language between the quarterback and the skill players and the linemen. I mean, you see it, it's easy to see when the linemen really don't run over to protect the quarterback and lift them off the ground. I mean, you see it with mm -hmm. Josh Allen, they love him. 
but you can see when they really don't love them, can't you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And as a better, I mean, I think that is a, a great observation if you can focus in on that. Um, I, I think Russell Wilson, a great example. Last year, nobody was helping Russell up, right? And nobody was coming to his aid because, you know, he separated himself. He put himself in, in, in the front office level and away from the team and he alienated himself that way. And uh, everything kind of fell apart. There was no glue. You know, you look at Justin Herbert, even in a loss last night, you know, the late hit out of bounds. I mean, his offensive lineman wanted to go protect him. So there, there is a, a likability, but there is also that established franchise quarterback feel. Uh, DeVito is another guy that, hey, look, you know, it wasn't working with, with what's going on. And, and certainly Daniel Jones has been hurt, but it seems like they found some hope there. Uh, a little bit. Uh, and I think the Giants are, are, are experienced from a buy-in standpoint with Dable. No, they're not going to put it together this year. Uh, but look at Matthew Stafford. You know, what a difference the, the Rams uh, are on, on the field, offensively and defensively, uh, with a guy like that that's, that's won a Super Bowl with them. So I, you can right a lot of wrongs with the right quarterback, but you'll continue down that wrong path with the wrong quarterback for sure mentioned DeVito that's the big one that stood out to me these last couple of weeks is you just all of a sudden have this belief and want to and you know rooting for this kid out of nowhere that the Giants have gone and you know won two games with him as a starter seems pretty insane what what other takeaways did you have whether it's you know as an analyst watching the game or from a betting perspective this past week in the NFL well, Stormy, I, I think the quarterback position, uh, is, and what a coincidence, right? I mean, I, the quarterback position uh, is so vital, uh, and, and, and the quarterback play or, or level of play is down. Uh, and and I, I think the league is going to have a, a, an emphasis on it. I mean, look at the ridiculous uh, rough in the passer calls that we're seeing or, or, or lack of calls sometimes just in an effort to protect these guys because now we're, we're down to the third-string quarterbacks uh, in, a, in a lot of uh, instances with the, with the teams out there. And then on top of that, I think you're going to have about maybe 12 to 13 teams looking for a quarterback next year. Uh, so that position, the importance of it and getting it right, uh, C.J. Stroud, for instance, I mean, getting it right uh, is going to be so monumental and so va- uh, valuable for teams moving forward. And, and so I'm looking uh, at, at those observations. I'm certainly as a better uh, fading uh, situations in which it's not together uh, because these teams are pretty much what they are right now. And, and in terms of improvement, looking for that constant improvement, the younger teams, I think we can lean on that uh, as a better in terms of looking for those leaps forward. And, and there's a few out there that are getting hot right now. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. Look, the the Mike, we're at the point where nobody practices. So, okay, the Eagles played 92 plays yesterday. They're not right. going to practice this week. They can't practice because they're going to be exhausted. They need to recover, not practice, right? And it's and to get ready for San Francisco to not practice is harder. I'm sure they'll go out there and they'll do their walkthroughs, but it's going to be a little less. So these younger teams, you can push them a little bit, and that's why I think, as you mentioned, they're getting better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're getting hot too. I mean, I, I think uh, there's a great mix of teams uh, that are in, 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 intriguing to me, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? I mean, they, they have that great mix of some veteran guys that, that need to get healthy, but yet they have some young guys that can really impact their football team. Uh, and, and they feel like I think the confidence is now going to increase on that side of the ball. I mean, Cleveland uh, on, on the other side, you know, the injuries are starting to mount, right? Uh, and, and you're right. I, I think there's no more padded practices. We know that uh, teams that are veteran, veteran laden, they, they are going to go out there and do walkthroughs. But those teams that are veteran laden and also elite in nature, they know how to practice. And that's San Francisco, that's Baltimore, that's Kansas City. I mean, the coaches are already entrenched there, right? And uh, the Eagles as well. So uh, the younger teams, I mean, I, I think Atlanta, if Arthur Smith can be consistent as a head coach, I think Atlanta has a chance uh, to really surprise some people down the stretch as well. Yeah, who is going to win the NFC South? I feel like that's a question that keeps popping up in my head every day. Who's going who's gonna to be the, the best <laughs> of the worst? Yeah, I think Atlanta is poised to do that. I, You know, Derek Carr is not, uh, he has not won anybody over in that locker room. Uh, I mean, as a former player myself, 
uh, I can see the fakeness of that guy. And it's sad to say when he tries to fake injuries or, or he's looking for that empathy uh, because he's not playing well. Uh, and, and, you know, you just disrespect that. Uh, and that's a sad situation. I don't know if that's going to write itself, but, you know, Baker uh, and Tampa, I, I don't think they are, are, are all on the same page. You know, Baker is, is, is a player that has played hurt before and you, you love his, his grit and his fight, but yet he can hurt his team because he does that. He's such a dominant personality. Maybe you need to step, take a step back at times. So Atlanta seems to have that, that glue. Uh, I don't know if it's Ritter. I don't know if it's Arthur Smith. I don't know who it is at this point, but they certainly have a tremendous amount of upside. And then Minnesota, we'll see tonight if they can be consistent down the stretch, but I think their schedule uh, is friendly enough to where they can make a playoff run here. Yeah. I I mean, how about, you know, your old team, how about Denver? I mean, what Sean's done with, with, with Russell, as you mentioned, he's likable. The team likes him. I mean, don't you think they have as better best chance as anybody? Well, I I do. Uh, I think defensively that's where they needed to make improvements. Right. Uh, And, you know, allowing 70 points from Miami uh, that, that can really ruin your confidence, but uh, they stuck together. Uh, I think Russell uh, is playing better. Uh, He's more efficient. I think Sean Payton is calling a game to be more efficient too, uh, by being more conservative. And now Russell is making plays naturally whether it's with his legs or if he's improvising, throwing the football, uh, but it's nothing forced, right? I think it's coming natural to, to Russell at this point and he's feeling comfortable. Uh, and, but defensively, I think the Broncos are getting it done though. If, if they can play at this level, this is that team uh, out of the AFC West uh, in which, you know, one of those three outside of Kansas city was going to, was going to get hot. And I think poise and make a run. The Raiders and the Chargers are obviously shaky right now with what's going on, but uh, the, the Broncos are, are stable enough, and they certainly have a quarterback experience enough and fits the bill in terms of a franchise quarterback that, that can glue it all together. Plus 125 for the Broncos to make the playoffs. 30 seconds here, Pritch. You like anything in Monday Night Football? Uh, I, I do like the Vikings. Like I mentioned, I, I think they can get hot uh, outside of everything that's gone going on. I, I love Kevin O'Connor as a head coach. Great stuff as always, buddy. Thanks for doing Thanks, this. Bridge. Thank you. Have a great day. And I hope he is correct because I too am on the Minnesota Vikings today, which uh, as you hear that music means we got to hit the break, but we will break down Monday night football a little bit more at length. The Chicago bears getting three taken on the Vikings today, total 43 and a half, as well as another development in the firing of Frank Reich. Some other names who are on the chopping block in Carolina as well. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, 
You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. In the NBA, the game can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, DraftKings Sportsbook's got your back. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets just for betting $5 on basketball. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VSIN, that's V-S-I-N, DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Sticking with the NFL, though, here as we welcome you back to the Lombardi line, the big news of the day is that Carolina Panthers head coach Frank Reich relieved of his duties midseason. It is our second midseason coaching change this year with, of course, the Raiders letting go of Josh McDaniels earlier in November. And a little added wrinkle here to Michael now in the last half an hour, Ian Rappaport reporting that the team has also moved on from Josh McCown, their quarterbacks coach and running backs coach, Deuce Staley, which reportedly those decisions were made from interim head coach, special teams coordinator Chris Tabor, and offensive assistant Jim Caldwell. What did you make of that development? Well, I, I think this. Look, to, Deuce Staley was assistant head coach. I mean, he was at the Lions, one of the fir- first hires that Dan Campbell had up there, and left Philadelphia and went there to work with Frank Wright. And so when he didn't get the head coaching job, when he wasn't appointed in charge, he probably wasn't going to be easy to live with in the building. You know, it's it's not easy for a coach to sit there and say, okay, you know, I'll just be a good soldier for the next five weeks. You know, so they made a decision. And Luke McCow- Josh McCowan, I mean, he's, this is his first coaching job. He got it because of Frank Wright. So I, I think to me, he was always linked to Frank Wright. And whoever Frank brought into that building, whether it's, Josh McCowan, whether it's Brian Decker, one of the personnel people, those people are going to have trouble staying on because they are associated with Frank. It's no different than when my son went with Josh. He got fired because he's associated with Josh. And so it it just allows the building to have less conflict within it. And sometimes people can handle it, you know, and sometimes people can't, you know, I think that's ultimately the case. You got to be a professional about it because your career is at stake too. whatever happens over the next six, seven games is going to really be the mark about who you are. Yeah, I mean, that's the part of the business, right? Friends and relationships can get you jobs and they can also get you fired. And in this case, that seems to be how things have played out. Were you surprised that Tabor was the one that was appointed the head coaching opportunity? I kind of thought it might be Evero. Yeah, I, well, I think that what the reason they did Tabor is because Chris is a good guy. He's going to run the kicking game. And they wanted to make sure that the offense and defense could run and operate without anybody's workload being increased. And so Tabor's going to manage the game. When do we go for it? When don't we go for it? What are we doing here? It makes sense. I think Tabor actually filled in for Matt Nagy when he was sick or had the remember when he had COVID one year. I think Tabor filled in. I used to kid him. In fact, I have to send him a text today about, you know, his coaching career is taken off again. You know, so <laughs> Chris will do a good job. He's a company guy, works hard. He's a really good special teams coach. Uh, and, you know, he'll do whatever the program needs. Remember, he was retained by Tepper from their old staff. He Matt Rule brought him in there. When he got fired in Chicago, when Matt Nagy left, he brought him in there. Same thing with their line coach. You know, this whole offense has been dysfunctional. And James Camp and their line coach is a very good line coach, highly respected throughout the league. Tepper paid him a lot. I think he's one of the highest paid line coaches in football. And that line last year could run block. This year it can't block anybody. So what what's going on here? And I'm not in the building, 
But you could see this from the beginning, the very first time. You could see this team wasn't ready to play at a high level. And it was the same thing that happened in in Indianapolis. You know, he fired Gooch, the line coach at Indy. And then every year, they got softer and softer. And like I said, I just think to me, the Carson Wentz experiment really took everything out of Frank. And Frank was going to retire in Indianapolis. And I don't really think he thought he was going to become a head coach ever again until Tepper appointed him. Yeah, and he's not going to be one for sure now after the way that this has played out. Uh, back-to-back seasons now that the Carolina Panthers have let go of their head coach midseason. But for Reich, of course, his first year out after the 1-10 start, the only head coach in NFL history that had been fired in fewer games in their initial season, Pete McCulley, lasted nine games in 1978 with the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, and Pete and Pete was a victim of the former general manager there, Joe Thomas, who made a bunch of bad trades, including the O.J. Simpson trade from Buffalo and lost draft picks and all that. And Pete paid a price for that. But Eddie DeBarlo, you know, made a decision. Look, you can say Tepper's a volatile owner. Well, let me ask you, Stormy, if you were the owner of the Panthers, would you have kept Frank right on? Now, you could easily say I would have never hired Frank and that would have been the right answer. But Like, you want to fault Tepper for firing Frank, go ahead. But he really has no choice. Frank fired himself. Let's be clear here. Frank fired himself. He never got the offense any better. He never made it easier for the quarterback. He fired himself. And when Eddie DeBartolo made that decision, it was the right decision because after McCauley, in came Bill Walsh. And the rest is history after that, Michael. And I also think in more recent history, you look at the Urban Meyer situation in Jacksonville, right? He was out after 13 games and that disaster of a season in steps Doug Peterson and things changed so much over the last two years for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They made the playoffs last year. They're going to make it again. You wonder if you get the right guy in here, what he can do for Bryce Young, because obviously we saw the change in Trevor Lawrence with Doug Peterson. These things can be beneficial We'll just have to wait and see. Let's close things out here today, Michael, breaking down our final thoughts on Monday Night Football. The Minnesota Vikings laying three points against the Chicago Bears. Total down from 45 to 43 and a half. And we know the success that they've been on primetime under specifically on Sunday and Monday Night Football, 22 and three to the under. I'm on the Vikings and you're on the fence, if I recall. Yeah, well, I'm I'm probably on the Vikings when I'm rooting for the Bears. The Vikings can win. I just don't want them to cover I can't have Russo going three and oh when I go three and oh you know I'm going to be a little petty here and get my voodoo doll out and start (laughs) pinning it but look here's what I do know about the game when you handicap the game one of the reasons I didn't touch the game in our contest was because it was I think it was three I was worried about the first game when Minnesota really struggled look Minnesota cannot run the ball effectively and the Bears can really play good run defense it's hard to run the ball in the Bears and so where they Minnesota has been fortunate in the last two games is Dobbs has run the ball 23 times. He averages six yards a carry. He's got three touchdowns rushing. He's made a difference running the football. And I don't think he can do that. This game is going to come down to one thing and one thing only. Will Justin Fields not turn the ball over? That's going to be the key. Because if Fields is, plays a clean game, then he's, they've got a chance. I mean, think about this yesterday, Stormy. The Raiders lost by 14 points. They didn't turn the ball over, and they did not have a single penalty the whole day. It's not a single penalty the whole day, and yet they lost by 14. So even if you play clean, you may not win the game. But in this case, because of the backup quarterback at Minnesota, if Chicago can play a clean game, they'll be in this in the fourth quarter and have a chance to win it. Because Minnesota's not going to run away and hide from anyone. They don't have Jefferson. You know, their offensive line is going to struggle. Dobbs is not all the time consistent. He's very loose with the football in the pocket. It's one of the reasons they lost to Denver early in the game. He fumbled. So I think this is going to come down to which quarterback protects the ball the best And certainly you'd have to favor Dobbs in that case. Yeah. I mean, how often are we looking at the team (coughs) stats page after games and you point, you look at the scoreboard and you point directly to the turnover column. I mean, even, even the Los Angeles chargers yesterday turning the ball over as many times as they did. It's, it's always the first stat that you go to when you look at things. And missed field goals. And 
and yes. miss field goals. I mean, we stop. We I don't know why we don't do it. Minnesota, I mean, look, when you miss a field goal like the Raiders did, that's a moment that that's worse than a turnover because you were expecting points. A turnover, you're disappointed you didn't make the play. When you miss a field goal, it's a disappointment. And then you give your team like you give your team a chance with the ball. Like Houston, when when Jacksonville missed that field goal, Houston got the ball at midfield almost. And they were two or three plays away from and next thing you know, now it's a 24-21 game. It was going to be 27 to 14. It ends up tight. So we we should we really don't emphasize it enough. I don't have a play on the total. I do lean under still, even at the lower 43 and a half. Um, I did lay it with the Vikings at three. Uh, I know a lot of people took the three and a half when Chicago did sit there, but I feel more confident that the Vikings are going to get it done, which would make history in the NFL in terms of betting. And it would be 13 favorites that cover the spread in a single weekend. I'm going to close things out, Michael, with some other very important breaking news that I'm sure a lot of people will care about. The Pop-Tart Bowl will have an edible mascot with which the win team will be able to eat post game perfect this is the news you need this is the news we provide i need it we provide give the people what they want i'm a big pop tart girl not sure that i would have a whole lot of interest in breaking off a piece of the pop tart mascot but that's just me that's a wrap today michael i'll see you tomorrow same time same place a lot of fun today The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.